ladies and gentlemen, how are you this fine-ass Friday? Yesterday was Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate that, and if you don't, then still happy Thanksgiving. Happy day to you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having to record the podcast on Friday because yesterday was filled with doing one, two, three dishes. Did I do three? I did Alton's, Alton Brown's biscuits, like from scratch. I'm so proud of myself. Um, I did, uh, Brussels sprouts with bacon and sweet potato souffle. Um, that was like a classic Southern recipe that I grew up with. And it's basically like, it's honestly like pie filling the sweet potato souffle. Uh, it was yum, yum, man. It took all day. We were, uh, kind of doing a do do around the kitchen, my husband and I, cause he did the turkey and whatnot. I don't know why I said whatnot, because it's not just turkey. It's pretty involved. Uh, and he got uh, tips from his Ukrainian mother. So it's special. Yeah. I hope you guys had a great, you know, Thanksgiving. Where are my notes? I'm trying to find my... There we go. Episode 7. So let's see. Today's Friday. Oh, God. Wow. A week ago, I went and did a nude modeling gig that I've been working with um, a... Uh, I don't know what you call it. I guess a professor, artist, uh, who teaches at Stanford and does his own side thing. Um, used to be out of like a coffee shop that he would, I guess, rent out in a way in the evening and block off all the windows, um, to teach his charcoal, um, classes and having a nude model there. And I've been working with him for, I don't know how many years now. I think he found me from Model Mayhem. God, it's been forever. It feels like he's a wonderful, you know, uh, being a model, you have to really find someone that you respect for both actually on both ends whether it's the photographer or um artist that's painting or whatever and versus the you know actual model it's a really difficult thing to find someone that you respect whether you're you know vice versa and um uh john peck he's a i've you know it doesn't take long for me to figure out if i respect someone or not and if they're a creep or not or whatever and he's been professional throughout all my modeling with him and he um texted me a couple days before the friday i guess modeling thing um so with covid it had to be out of his home i know that sounds creepy on paper but i trust this dude and i didn't think about how creepy it was till later i mean it's not creepy it's only things are only creepy until you make it creepy everything can be creepy so i made a joke about um to my husband like oh i'm gonna go off into the woods and you know i i, I love you because i might die he's gonna chop me up i've seen way too many movies basically so, yeah, you know, he had this own little professional setup, um, I guess, studio in his home. And it was it was actually way easier because the poses were like three minutes versus I'd have to do three separate sessions. Either I think it was the same three at Stanford versus the, co- uh, the coffee shop. And uh, each session would be like, I guess, like every Monday. Um, I don't remember what day it was. I think it was always different. But uh, it would be like two and a half hours, uh, 20 minutes doing a pose. It was always the same pose for those three sessions. Uh, three sessions is like a whole, um, I guess, class of sitting and modeling. 20 seconds modeling the pose. I think it was five-minute break, you know, for me to stretch and not die. And then 20 minutes back on. And then I think um, I, th- I think there's a 10-minute break in there somewhere. But um, doing that kind of nude modeling like that where you're posing for a class, I mean, it sounds easy, like, oh, you just you just sit there and do nothing. Wow, what's so hard about that? And, you know, even I had those thoughts, but, um, well, not only have I always taken my nude modeling extremely professional, like, I don't think that's anything that you shouldn't take professional because it's something 
to me, getting naked is very sacred and it's not something that I would ever do. I know this is like a walking contradiction. I wish I wrote this in my notes because this is just coming out right now. It's not in my notes. Um, I, I'm not for like the Patreon thing, whatever. Uh, I, I can, I'm not going to get, get into that because it's just too much to say. But it, when it comes to doing uh, nude modeling, I was going to say taking your quote, taking your clothes off. I have no problem doing that when it's in the name of art and like to me, real art. It's what I define as art. And I'm, you know, I've been an artist my entire life. And for me to give back to the, I guess, you know, community of artists like that uh, was always like a bucket list of mine. And I finally did it. And, you know, it wound up being wonderful, thankfully, um, because there definitely are creeps out there. Absolutely. But I guess I had gotten old enough in my life to be able to gauge that. Um, Where was I going with that? Yeah. So the poses are just holding it like, I mean, and I try to like drink enough water and stretch and. Um, you know, not drink alcohol, uh, before or anything. It's just not, it's not going to help you like at all. It's going to just be a hindrance, I think. Um, it would just, I mean, just sitting, just doing a sitting pose, it would wind up like cutting off a, um, a, a nerve or something, just something like a muscle maybe where I would have to, you know, stand up after it and I'd have to be really careful because my leg would be completely asleep and, um, it does, it just does not feel good. Like, especially during that third session, you know, the th- uh, third week, I guess, uh, I was so happy for that shit to be over. Um, people are like, I, I, it's just one of those things that you have no idea how painful it is until you actually do it. Um, you know, I think I had to turn them down once cause I was like, or I don't know if I did, I, it might just be my weird memory making this up, but, um, yeah, there was concerns about like my health, like, uh, I mean, not like it's, it's a permanent thing, but it's like, I'm having, you know, hip issues or something. I don't know. It's, it's fucking painful anyways. So the session was wonderful. And that was the first time throughout this entire pandemic that I've actually gone out and like hung out with someone that wasn't in my, you know, quote household. And, you know, I don't know. I never, you know, I know human interaction is incredibly important. I've always believed that. And, um, you know, it's really unfortunate this pandemic is, I think, causing a lot of people to have issues either exacerbate or start anew or pop up because human interaction, I think, is crucial to humans just like growing and evolving and learning. Um, I think we're just made to interact with other people. So, you know, hanging out with them and just kind of like, I don't know what it was, it was weird. Like I just word vomited about my like personal life. Um, I mean, I've always trusted John in general, but um, even while I was doing it, I was like, why the fuck am I venting like this? Like he's my therapist. I felt bad. I'm like, but then I realized later afterwards, I was like, I didn't, I haven't had a human to human interaction this entire time. So it was a big, just relief. I didn't realize how much I needed it really in a way. And it was also great because, you know, he's a Stanford teacher. And, you know, uh, if you listen to my last podcast, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Um, but, um, you know, if you know me or you're getting to know me by listening to this podcast, I'm very, outspoken about you know matters of 2020 and wokeism and anti-woke and uh, so on and so forth so I got to you know kind of I think it was like oh yeah that was the day after I recorded my last podcast so it makes sense it'd be fresh in my brain and I kind of word vomited it all but I think he seemed to enjoy it and kind of laughed at it in a way of like oh my god exactly because you know I was like I can't even imagine what this must feel like to someone who like is in the um, education system and has to go to these two hour fucking um, classes to learn about like gay rape and shit. And I mean, this is his words. Um, 
uh, just these like, why do we need, why do we need to know that kind of a thing? And I'll get into that um, in this podcast. That's a part of this, what this podcast is going to be about. But, um, you know, I came home and I was like, so um, inspired. Like, you know, I, I always, I'm trying to stay active and uh, or just remaining creative and because you know my life quote is is I guess on my uh grave or epitaph what is epitaph I don't know if I'm saying that right <laughs> isn't that something about death and like mm, divine epitaph I think I might be saying that wrong a phrase or form of words written in memory of a person who has died especially as an inscription on a tombstone oh my god go me I was correct my epitaph I think I'm saying it wrong give me a second Oh, epitaph. Okay, I think I was right. Uh, yeah, is my epitaph would be uh, uh, a day without creating is a day lost. I came up with that um, phrase like years ago, and it really rings true to me. Um, you know, it's hard for me to like take a weekend as a weekend, and even if I am, I do work at home and I am freelance and I get random uh, sewing or painting commissions. I still treat every day like it's a work day. You know, nine to five and. You know, I don't answer, I try not to answer work emails after five because I'm, you know, not at work. Um, I think it's really important to do that if you're an artist, even if you don't have like uh, commissions or any kind of income. It's it's incredibly important to take your, um, you know, career or whatever is seriously like that. That's that's what I believe because you just take yourself seriously and it, it builds your confidence up. But um, yeah, it inspired me after doing the modeling session. I came home and did a painting and, you know, kind of kick jumped or kick started my creativity and I think it's just you know it's one of those things that just always rings true that whoever you hang out with will totally either inspire you or you know turn you into something that really you know is not what is in your best interest um and I think people fall victim to that all the time where they you know realize when it's too late or they realize you know, whenever that they're like, wow, this person's not doing anything for me. They're not lifting me up. It's not, you know, I, I don't even know. I feel like there's a lot of people that don't have enough self-awareness to look inside themselves and really question things like, wait, where is this feeling coming from? And really start to piece it together and be like, oh my God, it's from this Discord group or it's from this Facebook group. Um, and I just really think that social media is one of the things that people don't have the awareness to sit down and go, um, I'm not look at what I've look at what I've become kind of a thing I think it's just difficult to do that you know especially if you don't have someone next to you being like man what's going on or you know if you're by yourself and I think there's a lot of people online that are you know the people that are spending all their time on Twitter and the internet are fucking mentally ill and no one realizes that no one knows you don't know who that person is on the other side of the fucking comment you know um yeah so um yeah let's see oh yeah apparently um, around where the modeling gig was, it was uh, where John Steinbeck lived, I think, for three years, from 1930, 1936 to 1938. And he wrote, you know, Of Mice and Men and Grapes of Wrath. I was like, oh, that's cool. So, yeah, let's get on to, like, social stuff. Um, there's a term I discovered recently uh, called a Kafka trap. Um, you know, there are these people that are, like, you know, anti-woke or whatever phrase you want to call it on uh, Twitter. Even, I know Twitter has a lot of trash and most of it is trash, but there's been a lot of stuff that has been helping my, I guess, research of, you know, speaking out against all this insanity going on. And it's, um, you really have to kind of like dig and find it. Um, you know, it's been kind of one of, this, one of those things where I start following one person and then they'd retweet something and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then I follow them and it's kind of, you know, I don't know. <laughs> 
I feel like being out in California for all these years has kind of morphed my brain into just um, what's the word when you just sit complacent in all this absurdity. And I've kind of forgotten kind of my roots, Um, obviously not the racist and bullshit roots, but, you know, what I still believe in, which is, you know, a god and there's a lot of mentality and stuff going on in the world and trends that are, I think, truly fucking evil, like demonic. Um, yeah, 100%. There's no other way I can put it other than that. Um, you know, I grew up going to church and I'm not a big church person now just because I find those people very not genuine and just all about images and like how you look and how you present yourself. Um, so I just like the, I, 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 I'm a very religious person. Um, I guess not religious, spirit. I, I say spiritual um, in fact, you know, uh, John said, I, he was like, oh, I thought you were atheist. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, stuff like that really makes me shift the focus on myself of like, what am I putting out there that people think I'm fucking atheist? That really bums me out. That bummed me out. But, you know, I'm glad he said that because I'm like, um, <laughs> whether you want to call it a Christianly thought or a way of living or, you know, I'm not going to call it that because I feel like if, if I even say it's a Christianly thing, people are like, oh, I'm going to denounce that. Oh, I don't care what you have to say. It's Christian. Ew. You know, there's these fucking stigmas and all these phrases or just terms, man. But, um, you know, you have to be aware of like the, your energy that you put out there and what you say, I guess. And maybe, I'm not sure, you know, I think it's difficult to kind of admit that you're a spiritual person without um, talking about spiritual stuff. So I'm like, well, maybe I just didn't have an opportunity to talk about spiritual stuff. And maybe because I do have a lot of opinions and anger or whatever, it does come out as, I don't know. I think that's interesting though. I was like, oh no. But anyways, back onto the Kafka trap. Let's see. Uh, the Kafka trap is, uh, oh, let me scroll up. I think I had my notes. Yeah. The person using the Kafka trap accuses you of something. Uh, basically the Kafka trap has Two simple steps. The person using the Kafka trap accuses you of something. Two, when you deny the accusation, the person using the Kafka trap will take your denial and twist it in such a way that you, they can use it against you to make you look guilty. Now, I am going to read from this uh, Twitter person's um, tweets. Um, I know that sounds like cringy, like, wow, you're just reading shit off Twitter as if it's like facts. And, uh, you know, I don't want to butcher this. I think that the way that they laid this out was uh, really well done and... Um, I, I'm good at like taking in information, but it's hard for me to reform it in my own words without forgetting, um, the important parts of it. That's why I choose to read specific stuff like this. Not everything, obviously. Um, okay. I read that. Blah, 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 blah. Here's an example. They call it a dirty cop logic based off this example. Cop, you were under arrest for theft. You, I'm innocent. Cop, that's what a thief would say. You say, but I didn't do it. The cop says, then tell us who did it. You say, I don't know. The cop says, you're covering up for someone. Um, the cop says, where's the cash? You say, I don't know. The cop says, you're lying to an officer? That's more charges. You say, I want a lawyer. The cop says, if you're not guilty, why do you need a lawyer? See how it works? No matter what you say, the dirty cop twisted against you as proof you're guilty. Um, uh, they're just using the quote, you know, the phrase dirty cop as a example thing. Um, let's see. It's, it's, yeah, it's not complicated. It can't be, can be hard to catch in the moment when someone is doing it to you. Many concepts the woke use are designed specifically to act as the Kafka traps and many are subtle. We can't look at all, we can't look at all of them. So let's look at the big one. The big trap is of course white fragility and it works like this. 
the woke person accuses you of being either racism or complicit in racism. When you deny it or get upset, they say you're, deni you're in denial and anger. Oh, I'm sorry. They say your denial and anger is proof you have white fragility. Therefore, you are racist. Even if you don't get upset when they call you racist, if you deny being a racist, they'll say you're only denying that you're a racist to preserve your ego. Then they'll say the reason you need to preserve your ego is because you have a fragile ego due to white fragility. There's no way out of the Kafka trap, which is the entire point. Kafka traps exist only because they make it so you can't get out of the accusation that's being thrown at you. The problem is Kafka traps are bad logic, so they'll explain exactly why that is. Kafka Trap uses uh, the denial of guilt as evidence of guilt. It does this by setting you up, so if you deny the accusation, your denial is used as proof of your guilt. Look at the racism example. Uh, you, I'm not racist. Woke person. That's what a racist would say. In that example, the argument is that racists always say, quote, I'm not racist. Therefore, anyone who says I'm not racist must be one of the racists. Of course, this line of argument is deeply flawed because people who are actually not racist will also say I'm not racist. This applies to the dirty cop Kafka trap as well. Uh, you know, you, I'm innocent. Cop, that's what a thief would say. Here's the argument is that guilty people always say, I'm innocent. So whoever says I'm innocent must be guilty, except that innocent people also say I'm innocent. This also applies to white fragility. Um, I'm sorry, this all applies, yeah, whatever. Uh, woke person, you're racist. You, uh, that's not, that isn't true. Woke person, you deny that you're racist because you have white fragility and are too fragile to face the truth. I hope that we are all starting to begin to see the uh, pattern here. Uh, yes, people who are fragile will not admit to anything, including being racist. You know who else will not admit to being racist? People who are not racist. All Kafka traps will function in pretty much the same way. A Kafka trap turns into a denial of guilt into evidence of guilt by pathologizing and problematizing all the ways in which people defend themselves from accusations. It does this in order to make it uh, impossible for you to defend yourself. There is one simple way out. You ask them what you would count as evidence that you are innocent. If they don't give you a realistic standard, you know it's a Kafka trap and you call it out. When uh, they say This person says, when I call people out for using Kafka traps, I use a dirty cop example and most people understand that one. Um, the, the goal is that the argument is a trap based on bad reasoning, unfair, I'm sorry, however you do it, the goal is to show the, uh, yeah, that the argument is a trap based on bad reasoning, unfair accusations, and dishonest tactics. This is what I find about all the social media crap is that it's completely dishonest and just f flat out just yeah unfair and just lies man um you know i thought that that was mind-blowing and just another part of this like woke puzzle that people be, need to be really aware of because these things are incredibly subtle and that kafka thing rang so true to me um obviously enough that i felt the sincere need to put it in my podcast because i've seen this blatantly all over social media um where it's just absolutely fucking absurd man um yeah the whole like what is it? Your white privilege shit? It's like, what do you mean I'm white privileged? This is how I grew up. As if I had a fucking choice. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, um, um, yeah, the whole, like, uh, I feel like I didn't explain myself on my last podcast. Uh, one moment. About why, you know, I chose to kind of spend this time to talk about the trans and lesbian and homosexual community whatnot stuff the last um, episode is that um there was this uh you know i uh, i've been frequenting the uh, d trans subreddit because this is just uh and i started questioning like why am i so passionate about this you know i've never thought i was a, a different sex or whatever 
but um, I'll get into it. So um, I wanted to read this post and um, because, uh, yeah, I think it's important because it's someone who's obviously detrans, detransitioning, and they wrote these bullet points. Um, I'm just going to go into it. It's from uh, Ancient Lyrics on the subreddit for detrans on Reddit. This is my first post, so sorry if I screw up. I just need to get this off my chest. My whole trans identity was built on lies and semi-spiritual beliefs. I did and still do have dysphoria. I'm still processing a lot of the emotions I shoved away during my transition and detransition. I just want to make a little list of the lies people told me that I can now see with more balanced eyes. First one is, dysphoria is not a mental illness, they write in quotes. Then why did it make me emotionally distraught and suicidal? Next one is, if you don't identify with any gender, you're agender, parentheses. Most people, yes, even cis people, don't have any internal sense of gender of, I'm sorry, any internal sense of gender or gender identity. That's completely normal. and doesn't change who you are. By the way, cis is completely made up, I believe, by uh trans people like it's not a medical term i i looked it up and i couldn't find like a um, medical reasoning behind that cis thing i'm like what next one is uh and this is her bullet point still if you're a girl who likes masculine clothes hobbies and other girls you're probably a trans man parentheses or i might be a gender non-conforming lesbian which i i think they're a simpler thing is just a lesbian does the word tomboy not ring a bell why is me liking girls proof that i'm actually a guy Next one they wrote is, if you ever question whether or not you're trans, you are trans. They wrote in parentheses, this is just a self-fulfilling loop. And I've heard this time and again in these like YouTube, here's how to help you convince you to be trans or whatever. Literally their rhetoric or thing that they just throw around as literal like truth is, if you question that you're trans or that you are, you know, maybe I, maybe I am a boy or just, if you just question it, which is just thinking, if you just think that thought, you are that thought. That's so fucking dangerous. Like, I'm sorry. That's just, you can't always take your thoughts as literal and like face value like that. You know, people have, you know, suicidal thoughts. Are they going to go and like actually do that or like murderous thoughts or, you know what I mean? Like pedophilia, pedophile thoughts, like, Are they going to go out and actually commit that shit? It's just like, that's so, you can't live the life like that. Get back onto their uh, post. Anyone who questions whether or not transitioning is a good idea is a transphobe. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read that again. Anyone who questions whether or not transitioning is a good idea is a transphobe and doesn't want the best for you. Parentheses. Turns out these were the people who cared for me the most, but I was so obsessed with transitioning, I couldn't see it. This one broke my heart. And I, anyways, I'll get on with the list. They said, uh, there are safe ways to bind. They wrote in parentheses, there aren't. I and many others have had health problems from safe binding, quote, safe binding. I'll get on to that. Um, hopefully I'll remember to say that. But next one, you need to start tea as soon as possible, parentheses. Rushing teens into life-altering decisions like this is a terrible idea, but thanks, I guess. You can see how much uh, bitterness they have in their writing here, and I fucking get it. Next one is, people who don't transition will kill themselves, parentheses. What a positive message that definitely... That will definitely not exacerbate my underlying depression and anxiety. Next one is people who detransition were never really trans. Parentheses. If that's true, then we should stop telling people that identifying as trans makes you trans. Next one is people who detransition are actually still trans. Parentheses. If that's true, then the whole premise of being transgender falls apart on the slightest bit of pressure. Next one is all your hesitancy about transness is just internalized transphobia. Parentheses is, this is a go-to whenever someone spots a logical consistency or area that lacks solid evidence, which is huge. 
huge, huge. I see that everywhere with the trans people. Uh, there's there's two more. Next one is trans stories are dangerous. Parentheses. Learning there were people out there like me saved me from more grief than identifying as trans ever did. Did you hear that? Man. Last one. Detransitioners are just denying their true selves. Parentheses. Dang. Guess I was wrong in trying to love my body despite the dysphoria without resorting to medical procedures. I'm going to finish off by reading the rest of their post because, again, I think it's incredibly important. There are so many lies peddled and truths swept under the rug in trans communities. It's suffocating how it feels like no one can question anything without being branded a bigot, even if you call yourself trans. I don't have anything against trans people. I just can't bring myself to believe in the underlying ideology anymore. I've done a lot of thinking alone, a lot of research, and in my opinion, the whole idea doesn't really hold up to scrutiny. There's no tangible reality backing it up. All the, quote, science that younger me assumed was too complicated to understand, which is shaky data, false premises, and poorly designed research. I really feel like I wasted a lot of my youth trying to make this unrealistic dream come true. Dysphoria sucks, but I have to remind myself that I will be fine without trying to modify my body to fit some ideal that doesn't exist. There is no true self buried deep down within. I am me. It's okay. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. And this was the comment I made, um, you know, um, yeah, we all grow and learn with life. And even posting this for others to read is so important, but we all need to stop remaining silent and tell others about this, not just here in the subreddit. Even if you're hated, standing up for what is right, you'll have more self-respect and feel better about yourself. It's rough, but it's so worth it. Even if you can help one person, it's worth it. You're amazing for being rational and thinking deeply about this. This is real growth. And I quoted um, this person. Turns out these were the people who cared for me the most, but I was so obsessed with transitioning I couldn't see that see it. I said, this made me smile, not for your pain, but for you realizing that those people loved you the most. You're wonderful. Um, and then I swear I'll be done reading with this in a second. They wrote, thank you. I think the hardest part of it all was realizing that I might have been wrong or made a mistake. I alienated a lot of well-meaning loved ones and close friends because I built up this idea that transitioning would solve all of my problems. What if, uh, once I got top surgery and testosterone, I would be happy. Happy, My real life would start then. Why can't everyone see that? I was hostile and petulant toward anyone who didn't com- immediately support me. I didn't want to hear anything contradictory because it hurt my feelings. It didn't occur to me that I could be the one overreacting. The further along I got into my social transition, the more difficult it became to face the music. My early D-trans journey was very slow and painful, but in a way, I'm glad it happened. I'm, it's very embarrassing looking back all over those years. Um, but I am in a much better place right now. I said, don't be embarrassed by your truth. We all cringe about teen years or something silly we did to impress a crush, etc. and so on. I'm not comparing yours to those, just stating. I understand your pain, but please know you are not alone. Teen years and even the 20s are a motherfucker, obviously speaking for myself here. I wasn't comfortable with who I was until my 30s. There is hope. Patience and forgiveness to yourself are important too. It's incredibly hard for anyone to face their own behavior and recognize that, holy shit, maybe I am being the jerk here. It's so difficult, but what comes with that is a massive internal and, to me, spiritual growth. I'm happy for you, and you have a great noggin on those shoulders from one, from the little I have read. Your self-reflection is everything. Question everything, and in turn, you'll only learn from it. So, you know, I uh, was reading this um, after my husband. I got, like, really emotional and started crying because, um, you know, I really feel for these children, you know, younger people. Because I, you know, when I was going through my eating disorder and my, half of my life living at home I was I felt completely alone and you know the more you um break off from society or your family and socializing the more down that nasty evil sad rabbit hole it goes and um 
I didn't have anyone to tell me and reach out on the internet and be like, it's okay, you know, there is hope or whatever. Um, you know, it wasn't my parents, it wasn't anyone. So I feel like I have this massive urge and sincere, like, love and understanding to show to these young people when they're unbelievably confused dealing with like you know again all this stuff is very real thoughts childhood or you know i hate saying childhood um you know teenage years is like just awful and um it sucks man and i think a lot of people a lot of children teenagers that don't have you know someone to help them out or give them words of affirmation are probably finding themselves more prone to becoming trans because they're just confused and there's so much madness swirling in it and I think you know a lot of it is mental illness uh, and I, I don't know I just really feel for these people so much and if there's if I can be there for them and help them out and give them positive words like this where you know if, you know it, I understand them saying that I'm embarrassed like I totally get that but I'm like you know that's okay. Like we're all, we all go through life, like with our embarrassments one way or another. And life is fucking difficult. Like on and like through and through, it's not just like a phase in high school where it's like, well, that sucked. That was really hard. I think an entire living an entire life is a fucking, you know, struggle and a half. Um, it, it, it doesn't ever end. So I don't think that becoming a different sex or, you know, cutting off your fucking, your, your body going through puberty and taking hormone blockers is going to solve that thing in your life. I think that these people are trying to find, you know, an easy solution or an easy out of like the painful, you know, uh, teenage years of going through all that crap of like, you're getting boobs, it's uncomfortable, you're getting fucking boners in class and it's embarrassing, you know, all that shit sucks, man. There's no way out of it though. And I believe that when you go through these strifes and embarrassments and, uh, being bullied, um, bring back bullying, by the way, I'm fucking a huge advocate for that. I mean, obviously it's a joke, but not really. Um, you know, when you go through all these things in your life that is not fun and it's hurtful and people hurt your feelings and so on, I think it's so important to live a life of strife. I've said this before, I believe, where, you know, a lot of the brilliant minds to me, if I'm, you know, brilliant minds and comedians are the ones that have the most fucked up lives and uh, upbringing. Um, so, you know, I just think it's so important to go through things that are really hard. And it's unfortunate that there's these things now that, you know, cater to children that, you know, like I said, bend the knee. So it makes their life quote easier, but I uh, tenfold do not believe it in the long run makes it easier. It wrecks them. And there's a book called The Coddling of the American Mind. I haven't finished it because it's really hard to listen to. It's really upsetting because it's just basically the upbringing of, you know, the new generation, I guess, of kids in college now of coddling. And, you know, everyone gets an award for participating and so on. It's just turning reality into it's turning it's skewing reality into a fantasy world where everything must always remain positive and yeah, and I think that's so dangerous. And I have a couple of cringy examples of it, but I think there are excellent examples um, of exactly what I'm talking about. So let me actually, um, oh, I can skip forward to that. Uh, I try to organize this to, you know, how I would go about it. Um, this is a great quote. John Cleese is under fire, apparently, for being like anti-woke. Like, the you know, the woke kids are coming after him. I think it's like hilarious. Like, what? <laughs> His quote on Twitter was, if you can't control your own emotions, you're forced to control other people's behavior. I was like, bitch, yes. Hold on. Coffee. Um, 
Yeah, here's some examples of, I call it, of, quote, happiness or die cult mentality. <laughs> there was a headline I read. Um, Jordan Peterson versus cry bullies. I was like, cry bullies? Shut up. That is excellent. What a perfect term. So it's a play off of the word cry babies, which is like, ow, Billy poked me. You know, obviously, I don't explain what the fucking crybaby is. But yeah, I was like, dude, yes, they're fucking bullies now, you know, crying about shit. But crybullies equals woke generation um, and people. You know, there's this, like, level of toxic positivity that, um, actually, that wasn't my um, phrase. Toxic positivity is a uh, Michelle Uberest, um, great designer. She was on Project Runway. Gonna be one of my guests. Anyways, she used that phrase, and I was like, oh, that's excellent. It is true. There's this, there's this, I don't know explain it other than like, you know, think of like a Batman movie where they like um, a bomb thing goes off and there's all this mist that goes throughout the, you know, a disease or whatever, a virus that spreads throughout humanity and it spreads like toxic positivity. That's what this shit is really, honestly, you know, I value real honesty. Um, yeah. She, Michelle said this. She, you know, I, I'm saying this because I agree with this completely. I value real honesty and humans are not one thing. You know, you need to be able to handle constructive criticism because even if the the criticism is maybe a little bit harsh, it guess what? It's another thing that you deal with in life that you just have to kind of, you know, like literally deal with it. If it makes you like upset, like, ouch, that kind of hurt, then that's fine. Like, I think you need to go through this shit. Um, and yeah, yeah, not everything someone makes in their life or the, not everything that someone does is going to be like perfect or golden. Um, you know, it, it hones false results in a bubble for people when you try to make your reality positive only. So here's an example. Uh, I used to follow this guy. He's a designer. He, uh, he's like a fashion designer. Um, he, what do you call that? Where you just gather clothing for celebrities and put the outfit together for them to wear. And he's really talented. Like, um, he's talented. I love the outfits he puts together. Very bright, fluffy uh, chains, and he, he dresses a lot of rappers. Uh, um, I forgot who else he dresses. You can Google it. Brett Allen Nelson. I used to follow him on Instagram. So he reposted an image of Doja Cat. She's a singer, rapper, or whatever. Uh, I love her. She's a talented dancer and singer, and just funny to the point where I think she's like a fucking robot. I think she's a. I think she was fabricated and made for social media. She's like too perfect. I don't understand. I'm like, she's too perfect. How? What is this? Yes, that's my skeptic hat, but, um, so he posted an image of the dress that he chose for her to wear, and let me, I will again reiterate, this guy is a great designer, I love his choices, it gives me life, I love it, until I saw this dress, I was like, that is horrible, like, it was a dress, um, I think actually, oh, fuck, it wasn't, here's the thing, it wasn't even him that made the dress, it was, uh, oh shit, what's that crazy designer name, she has like a, a Saturn, um, planet logo for her um, design house. Vivian Westwood. Anyways, um, and and the, and the tits just looked like deflated breasts. Like it was just awful. And I said, "This is this dress is hideous." This fucking guy DM'd me. Okay, this guy is like verified, has all these followers. Blah blah blah. By the way, I'm a nobody on social media, but I am gonna say that that dress was hideous. I said that this dress is hideous. I'm not being negative. Since when is an, an opinion negative, by the way? I understand that it sounds like it's negative, but I'm like, well, that's an opinion. If anything, you could have used that opportunity to be like, what makes you say that? You know, open up the discussion room for this person that they could have had the potential to grow and learn. That doesn't mean that I, he has to believe that it is hideous. But, you know, 
if he's a, a good person, I guess, or someone who seeks the truth or whatever, wants to learn, he'd use that opportunity to be like, what makes you say that? Or that's interesting, you know, whatever. You get what I'm saying there. So he DM'd me and said, girl, what the fuck is wrong with you? Didn't your mother teach you anything? We live in such a dark world that negativity is so unneeded. You should know that as a woman. Grow up. We love. And then I don't know. It's just, I don't know what he was saying there. I said, I said simply, it was a horrible dress. He said, unfollow me while you're at it or I'll do it for you. I said, people have opinions. And I said, you really don't like anyone thinking for themselves. And I fucking blocked that fucking guy's ass. Like, I'm like, bitch, you're going to do this pansy ass. You better not follow me. I'm going to do it for you. I'm like, just, you know, using his fucking check mark, like hoity toity. I'm, I'm higher than you. And I'm using this as a, as a fucking threat. Like, oh, like as if that's going to affect my, my, my life. Like, and by the way, uh, I don't think so, homie. I fucking blocked his ass before he could do anything. I was like, okay, Here's what I love about this, and I just found this to be such a perfect example of this, excuse me, oh wait, let me tell you one more thing before I get into this. I saw another comment that said, you know, this wasn't mean at all. They said, one person said, I really think you could have done better. And he wrote in all caps, eat my ass. And I was, you know, this person is a walking contradiction. And this is what I find to be incredibly evident with this woke fucking people of like, you are blah, blah, you're a fucking asshole. Or, you know, uh, we live, quote, we live in such a dark world that negativity is so unneeded. I'm like, wait a minute. You're being just crazy here. Let's, let's dissect this. Girl, what the fuck is wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Because I said that dress is hideous. So having an opinion means I'm wrong and there's something wrong with me. And he's the next one. He says, didn't your mother teach you anything? So that, that, that is so phrased, and I should have been like, I should have dissected what he said and just been like, what is, what is wrong with me? Nothing. Um, thank you for asking. I appreciate the concern. Uh, didn't your mother teach you anything? And I'll say, yes, um, she did. Yes. And the next one is, we live in such a dark world that negativ- negativity, negativity is so unneeded. I'm like, we live in a dark, we live in a world, I would say we live in a world and negativity is a way, is natural and it's just what happens in life. And by the way, I wasn't being negative. I think the dress is hideous. I have an opinion. I think these people on online are getting this shit very twisted about having an opinion means you're being negative. Fuck you. You're ruining it for every, like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, no, wait a minute. Hold the fucking phone. You are making up lies and this is not truth and it's not reality. Then they said, you should know that as a woman, as a woman, hold on. Like, I don't even get that. What are you, negativity in the world? I'm like, well, huh? Yes, you as a man, tell me what it's like to be a woman, to be, you know, blah, 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 whatever the fuck he's saying. Grow up. Grow up. Oh, by the way, what I love about this is that who the fuck is being negative here? Anyone, class? Anyone? Yes, that's right, class. Brett Allen Nelson. That's correct. Yeah. Um hilarious can you believe that i'm like wait why would you spend your fucking time going out of your way so here's the thing this person has a choice and they have so many comments and follows whatever um that you know this person no matter who you are you have a choice on how to react to anything in life and what's hilarious and so ironic about what this person's saying is that they are choosing to spend their time with what they actually if what they believe to be negative 
So I'm like, well, then who's doing the negative, like, fostering here? Even though I wasn't being negative, let me clarify that. But I'm like, they're being negative, you know, pot, meat, kettle. It's just so ridiculous. And I don't love to, like, play this fucking game that they play. But when it's this easy to be like, I don't think so, I think it's incredibly important to stand out and go, I don't think so. And not conform to their bullshit because it's absolute fucking bullshit. It's, it's just sissy fucking, it's manipulation at its finest, man. It's really messed up. All right, here's on, on to the next one. Um, <laughs> yes, I play uh, Animal Crossing. Yes, I'm very aware that it's like a, you know, a kid's game, but I grew up, not grew up. I mean, yeah, I played it in my 20s. Who gives a shit? I find it to be very um, therapeutic to sit there and like design your own stuff in a game. It has great, but um, it's just very um, satisfying to design your own like house or your own outfit that day and do your own landscaping. Um, yeah, I think there's good stuff about some certain video games. Excuse me. While I have stepped away from video gaming um, just because it happened naturally because a lot of the Ubisoft crap and video gaming, uh, the, the whole world is very malicious and you're preyed upon as a consumer like, uh, exponentially. And I, I, I'm, I'll get to that podcast one of these days, but um, you know, I, I actually just need to unfollow that subreddit. I only do that to see like what the next events are in the game, Animal Crossing subreddit, because it's just a lot of these kids that are living this, uh, what did I call it? This uh, happiness or die cult mentality and extreme cry bullies. So someone posted this like meme. It was about the meme. It wasn't even about the background. And again, in Animal Crossing, you can create your own room and like make it look like a house, you know, design it how you want. Um, Let's see. So I, I, someone, someone made a comment on that meme thing being like, oh my God, what you did to this room is amazing. The, the, the wallpaper, the, the frame and wow, how'd you do it? And I was, it was just like an absurd amount of praise. I'm not even lying. I need to throw up these images. Um, uh, I'll post it on my Patreon. Let me write that down. The, the, the post image on Patreon. Um, because a lot of this stuff is very visual and I can explain it away and I, uh, but I think it helps out to also see it. So there's a lot of things you can do in this game to where it's artistic and, you know, uh, where it looks like, wow, that's that's amazing. But to me, this was like a fucking blue wall, a picture on the wall, and a couch. Like, nothing. Nothing special, like, even remotely, okay? I said it's not that impressive. Um, copy a literal room's layout and done. Like, I, you know, it's my opinion, okay? I don't think that's impressive. It was just... Yeah, I'm just like, it's not impressive. It's copying a literal room, okay? And the fucking kids, like, came after me and was one person, this is a quote, like, OMG, look at me. I have to be a negative Nancy because I'm not the one getting the upvotes for it. And then eye rolling emoji. I'm like, here's what's hilarious is that, you know, the majority of the people in that subreddit are young, you know, teenage kids that live this, you know, woke, um... Uh, likes and follows are everything and it's a way of life and I love that they think that I'm one of them to the point where I they think that I live my life of like seeking upvotes and that means everything to me I was like oh honey you couldn't be more wrong I'm like uh you think I'm really I'm just so confused like they think that I'm trying to get upvotes here like I'm I'm upset and pissy because I'm not getting upvotes I'm like that doesn't even make any sense uh what they said uh don't be a prick and they said, uh, we, I said, you know, I, I, I replied to one of them saying, you know, we don't live in a world where, uh, everyone is nice. And I don't remember what I wrote, but it wasn't anything malicious. It wasn't calling names. I was just like, we don't live in a reality of everything is perfect. 
They said, we could live in a world where everyone's nice, but you are preventing that. Every single person counts, you know. And I'm like, so here's the thing. I, they think that I'm preventing a world where everyone is nice just by me saying, quote, it's not that impressive. Copy a literal room's layout. Done. Like, what? It, they catastrophize like crazy. Catastrophize. Let me um, define that. Catastrophizing is a cognitive distortion that prompts people to jump to the worst possible conclusion, usually with very limited information or objective reason to despair. When a situation is upsetting but not necessarily catastrophic, they feel they still feel like they are in the midst of a crisis. And this is also what I find to be very true with this young, you know, woke generation is that they catastrophize everything. Everything. Okay? How dramatic is that? I'm preventing it. Every person counts. I'm like, so this is where they twist their fucking, this is where they twist reality. They're trying to say that I don't, that I don't believe that every person counts off of a fucking critique. What? This is so absurd. It's, it's, it's almost embarrassing mentioning this, but I think it's, it's, it's a great, only reason why I'm mentioning this is it's a, it's a great example of, you know, like what I said, the, uh, you know, uh, cry bullies. Uh, the next one they say, uh, <laughs> Quote, it's also not that hard to be nice about someone else's work. And like, wait a minute, where was I being mean? I said it's not that impressive at all. <laughs> I just was, I wanted to be baffled by all the extremely negative, um, unreal amount of name calling and just like bombarding me with negativity where like they're saying it's just walking irony. They're contradicting everything. We live in a world, we could live in a world where everyone's nice, but you are preventing that. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're projecting. I also find, I need to write all these words down. Projecting, um, catastrophizing. Um, yeah, well, you get what I'm saying. These kids just have these things. Oh, self-diagnosing. Yeah. Someone said this. Uh, I hope you find peace and don't feel the need to spread such neg negativity and then play victim like a child. I I love this because I love that they're calling themselves out like um because I told one of them I was like I hope you find peace because I, I just see a lot of turmoil in these fucking comments and just like just so much like inner demons that they're fighting with that they spew this shit into what I said where I'm like you think I'm playing the victim like a child really where did I play the victim like a child by saying it's not that impressive copy of little rooms layout and done what man I'm tired of that shit you know I think that I it's almost I almost get joy out of calling their asses out because it's so fucking easy to do because they think that they're extremely educated in human nature and the mind and how complicated it is in this world when in fact that they're the ones that are completely ignorant but just because they haven't lived enough life experience and to even solidly say things that make like logical sense I just think it's, you know, I don't want to use the example of like, uh, you know, a kid telling a parent like off or whatever, where it's like, oh, you just don't know you're a child or whatever. But this it's it's that like it's 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 I don't know what the word is. But I keep using the same words insanity and uh, just ridiculous. Um, here's the best icing on the cake thing here. But this is where it's also terrifying um, because I don't 
I don't think that they did this as a joke. So I got a message. Okay, on Reddit, if someone's like actual, actually suicidal, there's a, you can go to the person's profile and click like, uh, actually, let me look into that. What was it? Um, uh, let's see, you have to go into the person's profile and on the right hand side, it says, I, I got to go into someone else's user, not me. It can't be me. Ah, give me a second. Water opportunity. All right, it says, get them help and support. And you can click it and it says, would you like Reddit to reach out to, you know, whoever you're clicking to help, quote, help out? We partner with Crisis Text Line to provide Redditors with support from trained crisis counselors and we'll reach out confidentially. I'm not laughing at this. You know what I'm laughing at. Uh, to let blah, blah, blah know that there are people who are there for them. So I get this message. And I was, I was mortified because someone thought that I was actually in need of help by saying, by saying, uh, it's not that impressive, copy a little room's layout and you're done. Hi there, a concerned Redditor reached out to us about you. When you're in the middle of something painful, it may feel like you don't have a lot of options, but whatever you're going through, you deserve help and there are people who are here for you. Text chat to crisis text line at 741-741. You'll be connected to a crisis counselor from crisis text line who is there to listen and provide support no matter what your situation is. It's free, confidential, and available 24-7. If you'd rather talk to someone over the phone or chat online, there are additional resources of people to talk to. Find someone now. It's a link. If you think you may be depressed or struggling in any other way, don't ignore it or brush it aside. Take yourself and your feelings seriously and reach out to someone. It may not feel like it, but you have options. There are people available to listen to you and, and ways to move forward. Your fellow Redditors care about you, and there are people who want to help. If you think you may have gotten this message in error, report this message. To stop receiving messages from Reddit care resources, reply stop to this message. Oh my God. Like, this is what I'm saying about the coddling of the American mind and the children is that they think that I'm in a crisis for me to say these these phrases. Actually, let me pull up what I said because I do want to say uh, what I reply to. I said, we don't live in a world where everyone is nice. And again, me having an opposing opinion isn't negative. It just doesn't line up with your opinion is all. Have a good day. Uh, next one, I said, I, di I didn't call anyone names here. You did. Everyone can see that. Have a good day. I, f I hope you find happiness. And I fucking meant that shit. Um, I think there was like one more. Um, I, I, you know, can you, as a listener, tell me, oh, I, also this, I said, I'm not, I'm not a prick for having an opinion. Um, can you, I, I'm telling you, this is all I wrote. I wrote. Um, and then I, the last one I said, huh? I said, huh? You think you seriously think I live my life for upvotes? Yikes. I hope you find peace. Can you tell me as a listener right now what there sounded like it was something where I need help, where I'm depressed, I'm struggling? Um, what was the other thing? Uh, I'm in a crisis. I think that people are just like, oh, wait, what? Someone's replying to someone's comment and it's negative. I'm going to jump in the train. And they're like, fuck you or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like to the point where did this person even read what I originally wrote? Jesus, dude. That's just another shining example of this. These kids being like, you know, they're it's so bizarre. 
it's like a not Black Mirror, uh, Twilight Zone, where they're saying that the people that are realistic and have actual biologic evidence, you know, um, living in, in reality and not in a, a dream world where everything must be perfect and there has to be safe spaces and shit, somehow the ones that are living the truth are the ones that are living through a crisis? Crisis? I can't even say the fucking word because I'm just like, what? How do what? 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 Christ almighty. Um, all right, let me go back to my notes there because that was actually on the bottom or near the bottom. I love that phrase though, cry bullies. Fantastic. Oh yeah, another uh, point that um, actually the news made about Zoom kids is that, um, you know, I don't know how much, you know, living a year or who knows how long it's going to go on for, let's just uh, round up and say two years, these kids being, I don't know how living two years of on Zoom and not going through school and, you know, being bullied or not bullied, you know, just going through and living through life of being around humans and interacting with friends or not friends, how, how this is going to interfere or impact the kids that aren't going through school right now, you know, I think... I don't know. I hope not, but it probably will in one way or another. And I only think all this, you know, cry bully and woke crap is getting worse by people staying at home and, and children thinking that online is reality. And that kind of going back to the Brett Allen Nelson bullshit is that I've seen this time again where people will delete like negative com. not even there I go. I'm calling it negative. It's not negative by deleting comments that don't line up with, um, you know, what you think life should be, which is perfect and all happy is that you're, it's a bubble thing where it's not, re, it's not realistic. You, you get to manipulate your content, even your comments by deleting comments. So then when someone visits a page, all you see is positive comments and you know damn well it's going to impact what you think about that person or that uh, business when, when they manipulate reality and they don't leave, you know, um, uh, critiques or criticisms or may, maybe even negative comments, you know, it doesn't, they don't leave any room for the opposing or, you know, reality to the point where people will start to step back and be like, oh, I can't say anything because no one else has said anything negative. All of a sudden, I will look like the negative person or a, a person who's just bringing up an opposing opinion where I think, that, do you see what I'm going there with that? Where it's, that's so dangerous to harvest this world online where, where that's your Facebook page, uh, you know, Twitter, or, uh, Instagram. And this doesn't mean that you should not delete like malicious evil comments. I mean, I firmly believe that delete and block where it's just nonsensical and people are just talking bullshit. But, uh, you know, critiques and criticism that is, you know, I think it's healthy. You need that shit. You need to go through people not thinking the same way as you and not having that group thinking the same thought. It's just it's useless and it does nothing to help the person out themselves it doesn't help out it doesn't help themselves out that's the saddest part is that they think that creating by creating this reality of um uh the reality a uh, false reality of happiness sunshine gumdrops rainbows happiness angels everywhere look at this positivity it's so toxic it's it's a lie and all of a sudden people that you know, start having these like negative comments incoming or just, you know, opposing opinions are going to be like, wait a minute, we can't have that because reality is supposed to be perfect, right? Oh, no, I'm now, do you see how this is just a bad idea? It just fucks up other people's worlds. Like, and I've heard that with the trans community thing too, with the D-trans people is that, you know, all these transition people online of, you know, YouTube, um, content creators or whatever twitter people being all like i'm happy yay day whatever being on tea this has been amazing and you know uh, there is a lot of uh truth about that by the way going on testosterone can give you this euphoric sensation that you know obviously doesn't last 
Um, so there's this crazy, that's also dangerous because like the first, you know, two years can be fantastic and then it starts going downhill. And it's, it's very similar to veganism. Um, so uh, where was I going with that? Um, goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, where, you know, you start, say you start transitioning um, and you're like, wow, I'm not dealing with this well. I'm not reacting to the hormones well at all. Um, and you're really struggling with it. And it's not making anything better. And then you're like, well, what's wrong with me? Because everyone else I've seen that's doing this is, it's like sunshine, rainbows, gumdrop, you know what I'm saying? So then the person starts thinking that they're fucked up and it's just a, it's a confused mess everywhere. When you start morphing your world, your online world into I'm perfect. Nothing about me is flawed. It's just, you know, I, there's gotta be a good term for it, but it's bad. It's bad, 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 bad. It's not good. Which is why I think we need to bring back bullying. Bullying, uh, I haven't heard someone else talk about this more, um, I guess, better, describing that in a better way than that. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. I think, yeah, you can't live this life of, no, I'm not allowed to be bullied, safe spaces only. Uh, That's ridiculous. Um, You know, it it builds you into a better person going through strife. So, yeah. Um, Let me go back to my note. Yeah. Yeah, I already got into that. Oh, yeah, I've talked about the, the TikTok stuff a little bit last time. Um, so I find these children not only self-diagnosing, but they're like, I have DID. And I'm like, what? It's uh, DID is Dissociative Identity Disorder, previously known as Multiple Personality Disorder, MPD, is a mental dis- disorder characterized. Oh, I'm sorry, that was two words put together and I was trying to read as one. Is a mental disorder characterized by the maintenance of at least two distinct and relatively enduring personality states. DID is associated with overwhelming traumas or abuse during childhood. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Here's this weird thing about TikTok kids and social media is that some, I do, you know, obviously this is a real disorder and, you know, some people really do have this. And it's so bizarre that mental illnesses and disorders are being glorified and, you know, treated as another pronoun and, oh, I get attention to the point where not only are kids self-diagnosing, but they're throwing around terminology that's like, like really personal. And I don't think it should be something that you get like a, a, a cookie or a follow or a, you're so brave for, you know, because some of these these disorders are real and some aren't and then it gets all muddied so then the people that are actually going through this shit can you imagine all these fucking fake people just it's disrespectful and uh it's just like i feel like it's playing with fire and it's gonna start messing up the people that are actually have these disorders and illnesses um yeah um it's just like a whole world of like parents all of a sudden believe these kids that self-diagnose without even questioning it you know, like, oh, okay, honey, you're that. We'll do whatever. So we live this life of, like, letting children decide for humanity of of what reality is and ethics and, you know, the future. It's so dang- – I don't know what's going on, but all of a sudden, like, kids' thoughts are, like, the law and what parents are, like, oh, okay, honey, about. And I'm – what is that? What is this life, man? Um, you know, I, I think parents are trying to, like – not have their kid hate them, I guess, you know, I'm not a parent, I don't know what it is, but another uh, fucking fake thing that a, a lot of kids are latching onto is having autism, uh, where there's this thing that's called stimming. Um, let's see, where did I put that? Da, 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 da. 
Stimming is a, uh, it's short for self-stimulatory behavior. It's a clinical term that most autistic people have adopted. Um, let me read this actually. How does stimming relate to repetitive behaviors? Uh, a subset of repetitive movements such as twirling, grunting, repeating phrases, hand flapping, or vocalizations are sometimes called stimming. Um, however, some researchers criticize the term stimming, saying uh, it could in fact hamper the acceptance of repetitive behaviors. Quote, as soon as you call it that, you cease to entertain alternative conceptualizations about why autistic people might be doing this, says Matthew Goodwin, professor of health and sciences blah, 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 at Northeastern University of Boston. So all of a sudden a kid says, oh, I have stimming, uh, you know, and society is like, oh, OK, then. And no one questions it or digs down and finds out, like, what's causing it or what spurs it. And as soon as you label it, you kind of put a cap on the research, you know, like, I guess... I, you know, I tried to like figure out what the person was saying there. It's like, as soon as you call it that, you cease to entertain alternative conceptualizations about why autistic people might be doing this. Yeah, when you call it that, you need to figure out that it, there's it's a nuanced thing. And there's, I think there's a lot of reasons behind it. And there's a lot of uh, autistic research that's still kind of up in the air and people don't know like uh, what it is. So I did some research on uh, autism and uh, on a, a while ago, actually, there's a documentary, not documentary, uh, I don't know what you call it. It's on Netflix. It's called Love on the Spectrum, and I cannot recommend it more. It's incredible, and I love it. It's, you know, autism is, is real. Okay, that's the thing. I'm not saying it's not real. Um, so it's fucking, it's insanity. It's it's so wrong that these kids are just doing this. There's this thing where they're, like, writing on TikTok being like, I have stimming, and, like, stimming lives matter, and they, they'll be, like, you know, music playing, and all of a sudden, there's, like, it's three people in this video and they start, quote, stimming at the drop of the beat and all together while staring at the camera. And you know they're fucking faking it. It's just, like, insane. Oh, my God, man. It's it's so cringy. And it's really disturbing to me. Um, and what the thing is about it is that a lot of the repetition stuff can also be ADHD or obsessive-compulsive or schizophrenia. Um, it's when they you – know, it's just th- – saying that you have autism or that you're special or that you're this or that it's like well you know you might have that that's for sure there's a lot of things that are just like you know normal where people just do that um yeah let's see i'll explain some more of it so when when the autistic uh, people engage in restrictive um or repetitive patterns um their brain shows greater activity in the reward circuits like winning an award so that's why they're kind of prone to doing that um, it helps them to cope with fear, nervousness, excitement, or boredom, but that can also be ADHD stuff like, um, you know, shaking your leg or, uh, tapping a pencil, you know, just like stuff that you don't even think about. It's not something that someone that should be stopped. Uh, you know, if you're a parent, you're like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, but it will like, if you stop it, you'll likely result in the individual learning to engage in another form of the behavior that could potentially be much worse. So instead you can provide, um, uh, uh, any type of verbal or physical redirection. It's important to remember that the individual may learn from that engaging in the self-stimulatory behavior will result in increased attention, which may be something he wants, he or she wants. Therefore, it is a good idea to limit the amount of attention you can provide. And I was like, damn, dude. Uh, that is put out by uh, mayinstitute.org. There was something in there that sounded... Uh, oh, I thought I wrote it down. Let's see. Oh, okay. While we may not think much about it, most of us engage in a wide variety of self-stimulating behaviors. Like I said, tapping a pen on the desk, whistling, twirling, lock a hair, or examples of self-stimulating behaviors. Many of us many of us engage behaviors like these when we are excited, nervous, bored, or frightened. Most of us can manage these behaviors and perform them without appearing strange to others. Other uh, Usually we are not even aware that we are, in fact, quote, stimming. Um, so, you know... It, 
saying that these kids, you know, claiming that they have autism or whatever the fuck and saying that it's actual stimming is ridiculous because it's like, yes, it could be, but I mean, you can't self-diagnose um, just to be fucking special and look at me. Um, and a lot of people just do it because it's just like a thing. Like, that doesn't mean you have a fucking disorder that you're fucking special, man. Fuck. Jesus, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's like a... These kids are doing this because there's so much, uh, you know, there's so much parenting that they're not giving enough attention to their children or what. But there seems to be some sort of epidemic or some shit going on where, um, I don't know, I think it's a new form of uh, getting attention. I think that's not a new concept of children wanting attention from their parents. Uh, so I, But I think this these ways are, um, you know, I think a much more real and not real, I'm not sure what the word is, uh, just they're, they're so much more dangerous i believe they are man um yeah let's see uh recently came across candace owens i fucking love her she should be the president <laughs> she is a black woman and she speaks the fucking truth she was speaking about how there's an elite private school in manhattan where um they have these what is it called uh symposiums uh or like diversity classes where they make the white people feel bad for being white and they go around the classroom sharing shit. Um, like, uh, so for Black History Month, black kids were allowed to stand on the stage and yell at the white kids of like, you don't get it. And just like yell at the white kids. Um, what? <laughs> All this shit that's like, um, it's just fostering race problems. Like telling the black kid that they're a victim and the white person is the problematic person it makes you focus on racism and it's just it it's a breeding ground for even worse racism um it's just you know oh, so that's what i was gonna say symposiums are like where you're forced to attend these classes or whatever two to three hours of like explaining diversity safe spaces women's rights how gay men get raped which is exactly what literally what the, one of the classes i talked about at, at stanford like what why would we need to know that dude um yeah you know i was raised in the south and there's a lot of like not good stuff about religion. There's a, there's a not a there's a lot of bad stuff about anything in the world though. That's the thing. Um, you know, I grew up in a Southern Baptist family, but a lot of it, my family used it to like manipulate me and kind of get by just lazily. You know, I'd call my mom to talk about real life stuff, and she'd be like, "Well, just pray about it." And I'm like, "Just pray about it." Like, I'm sorry, I came to talk to you about my life problems. How fucking lazy can you be? Just pray about it. God, so much anger. That shit makes me so mad. I'm like, your fucking daughter is talking to you. Can you talk to me like a human? I understand what praying is, and I do believe in praying. But I'm like, dude, I, mean, I, I don't have the right words to explain how much how fucked up that is. Um, there's another great great quote. Um, campuses are a crystal ball. When you look at your campus, you look at your country in 20 years. The truck outside is agreeing. They're like, oh boy. Um, I think that I, I got through most of my notes here. Oh, I will get into this. This is not a wokey <laughs> talk. <laughs> Sorry, my laugh there was weird. So uh, G and I just got done with a, a show on HBO called My Brilliant Friend. Uh, I don't know how I heard about it, honestly. Uh, I don't know. Um. It is a very slow burn show. It's about uh, two Italian girls uh, that grew up together. And it is, I tell you what, it is the best show I've seen 
in my life because it brilliantly, brutally, really emotionally tells a story about growing up a girl with like betrayal not just once not not just a one-time betrayal thing through life but like time and again being betrayed by someone again same person being betrayed by different people it deals with uh you know rape and just men being disgusting but it also deals with girls being psycho but it's one of the most beautiful uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's one of the most emotional shows I have ever seen. It's so well done. The set design, uh, it's based, the the time timeline it's based in is the 50s. Um, it, uh, the, the wardrobe, the casting, my God, the casting, the acting, the camera angles. Um, it's really depressing, I will say that, but I love watching sad stuff. Um, I find that there's beauty and sorrow and depression. I think it's it can be very beautiful because it's just... It's also comforting to me because I've gone through a lot of that in my life and it's nice to see it portrayed in a way where it's not sugarcoated, you know? It's not fucking sugarcoated. It's a it's a, it's a it, I can't recommend the show enough. I just be patient with it. I do believe it's kind of more um I think females would enjoy it more, but Yuri uh, watched it all with me and he it, it was difficult for him to watch. He doesn't like watching sad stuff and I I totally get that. I understand. But uh, I think I, I think it's possible that I grew up with more strife and I use that word like no other, but that's okay. I grew up with more, um, you know, sad shit issues and not fun stuff. Uh, you know, being raised in a big family, you see a lot and you hear a lot and you get neglected and uh, I don't know, so on and so forth. Uh, again, my whole life, my whole upbringing wasn't horrible. I will I will always say that among all the stuff that I have to say that that is not good about my life, I would no, I wouldn't change it for the world. I would not change it for the world. Um, even the bad stuff, like a hundred percent, I think it was important for me to go through all that stuff. You know, for some reason it's made me very opinionated, very outspoken. Um, I don't know if that came from me not being heard enough or where it came from, whatever, you know, happened with me. I I'm okay with that. And I, it was a hard road, man. It's been really fucking hard. And this year has been the most I've ever grown and the most eye opening. you know, at the same time, when you dig really deep, on yourself and you know I guess you find a therapist because I do believe it happens by finding a really good therapist who's able to make you look within yourself and really dig deep to those sorrow traumatic experiences that you've buried and you start questioning why you act this way or why you are this way or why you react so fast like that why you have snaps or uh, um, you know uh, triggers or reactions and you really start to start as painful as it is to go through and figure out why all this, why I am the way I am and how my dad neglect was very real. Cause I used to just kind of, I don't know. I just thought it was normal, dude. I, I don't know how to explain that. I thought it was okay and that I wasn't going to ever be messed up. And I used to joke about having daddy issues. I still do, but I never realized how true it was and how much it really did deeply affect me. Cause I've always grown up being like, I can handle it myself. I'm on my own, you know? I do my own thing and I still am like that, but, um, you know, I think it's really critical and so important to give love to a child from, a, I believe, you know, I haven't done enough research on this, but I think it's from a male and a female, um, you know, I, I think it'd be interesting to, for me to do some research on same-sex uh, parents that raise a child. I'm not saying that's bad by any means, because I think um, it'd be great to have two parents versus one parent, no matter what. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. You know, if you, if it's two loving people that give a child a wonderful life, then I'm, I'm fucking all for that. You know, same sex, who cares if it's still love, you know, it's still love. 
can't argue that shit. Give me a break. I'd much rather have like two moms versus a mom and no dad. Um, where was I going with that? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So, um, yeah, I go on with the, my brilliant friend. I went off on a tangent there. Uh, like their angles and their scenes have a huge, they have a, a, a purpose. You ever watch shows where it's just like, um, you know, you watch it and you're like, okay, but my brilliant friend, their camera angles and how they focus on like, um, she'll be sitting one of the, you know, young girls, young adults, I guess at that point, because you kind of watch them grow up through this show is sitting through a, an uncomfortable situation with a male and she's wearing a skirt and they film her knees where she pulls the skirt down to her knees. Kind of like, you know, it's just a sign of uncomfort, but they do this great focusing on subjects and stuff like that, where you get a sense you, you get what the room what the air in the room is and what they're trying to portray to the viewer. And I think it's so well done. It's just so like real and raw and just brutal. This show is so brutal. I love it. It was made me cry at the end. I'm about to cry thinking about it because uh, I've already talked about how me losing f- girlfriends and friends growing up has been um, really traumatic for me. And that show really displays that in a brilliant way. You know, it shows... Uh, you know, like I said, two girls, but one of the girls typically has a better life and kind of gets the, her best friend winds up getting the uh, her crush. And that happened to me like all the time growing up, which was brutal, you know, watching your best friend kind of snatch the guy you have a crush on. You, you can't control that, you know, it, that's just the way it is, you know, but it's, you know, it still sucks. And that show brilliantly um, displays that. And it shows, yeah, I, I won't get into it anymore, but um, I was trying to explain it like, okay, Game of Thrones was great. And it was very emotional and I'd have to, you know, when the season or an episode would end, I'd be like, oh my God, I have to hold, I just, I can't talk, you can't talk to me for 10 minutes. I have to like realize what I just saw or take it all in. But Game of Thrones is very like, whoa, big reactions. Like, oh my God, you know, very quick, like uh, shocking moments. And that's a great way of doing cinematography and writing. I think Game of Thrones is great writing, at least the uh, TV show, not the last season that doesn't count. And I know the books are probably better or books are always better. What am I saying? But my brilliant friend has this insanely amazing, yeah, brilliant, slow, realistic, slow burn to it that is, to me, much more um, brutal because it's not such a fast, whoa, thing like Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, um, and it has the music of Max Richter. Uh, I discovered Max Richter like 13 years ago. Uh, his music is some of the saddest music I've heard in my life. It's so emotional. Um, if you're depressed, I don't recommend putting his music on. You probably, obviously, get more depressed. Um, or if you're one of those people that just wants to kind of go deeper with your your sadness and put on sad music, which a lot of people do, then you should listen to his stuff. Um, the best albums I loved is uh, The Blue Notebooks and Memory House. Yeah, 2002, 2004. It sounds about right. Yeah, those are my favorite. And yeah, you know, using as soon as I like saw what the show was about, and how emotional it is. And then I, I heard that Max Richter did the music for it. I was like, shut up. Are you serious? It was just a beautiful symphony of, yeah, you know, music, wardrobe, set design, uh, era that it was set in, um, acting um, and the storytelling. God almighty. So apparently they're, they are going to renew it for a third season. They announced that in uh, April this year. It's to be based on the third novel in the series, uh, Those Who Leave and Those Who Stay. Got all, yeah, I can't recommend it more. It's so good. Um, yeah, um, I have some more little like side noters here. 
Uh, oh, I don't understand how The Simpsons have not been canceled off of Disney Plus. We were, you know, we were still watching through it because our Disney Plus goes out or it doesn't uh, expire soon. And there's like episodes called like KKK, like Krusty, and just like uh, something happens and one of the bullies goes, "That's so gay." And I'm just like, ha- all it takes is like one person. I'm sure. Uh, don't do this by the way. You're a fucking asshole if you do. Um, that's why I like, don't want to say this. I'm putting it out there. It takes all. I feel like all it takes is one person going on Twitter being like, "Oh my god, they said that's so gay. This is so we need to cancel the Simpsons. Cancel the Simpsons." You know, I can't recommend watching The Simpsons more more than ever. Watching it now, it's so satisfying. Um, also, shout out Mark Norman. He's a comedian, and he's fucking hilarious. He has a comedy special called Out to Lunch on YouTube, and it's amazing. He also touches base on things that are very, you know, oh, my God, did you really say that nowadays? Um, oh, my God, there's some lip balm I had been using. So here's the weird thing. I got some lip balm from, like, Germany years ago, and I loved it, and it's never affected my lips in a weird way or anything. So I'm like, man, I, I ran out of it recently. Yes, I had it that long. It was years ago. And I was like, holy shit, they have it on Amazon. I ordered it. It was like a four pack. So I started using it. And like the next day, my lips were like so dry. I could sit there and just peel off flakes. Every day, it would have like a new layer of flaky lip skin stuff. And I don't know if it's from like stress and I just start picking my lips. I don't think so, though, because I don't pick my lips unless there's something to pick at. Because right now I'm feeling it. There's nothing there. I don't have an inclination to pick at nothing. Um, to the point where I was like, dude, is this lip balm? First of all, not only did the, um, consistency and the formula taste and not taste, uh, feel different. Uh, I mean, a lot of stuff on Amazon, even if it's like, you know, that product stamped on it, not only is it a fake, I don't think this is fake, but it's made not in Germany, I bet. Um, I don't know, or maybe they changed the formula, whatever, because it's been years since I even tried it. Plus I'm buying this from like an American distributor and not in Germany themselves, um, so I'm like, well, all right, well, this shit's not working. That's a bummer because I loved the stuff. It was the best lip balm ever. All of a sudden it's destroying my lips. I mean, to the point where my lips bled. Oh my God, hold on DHL. Shit. So I wound up, I was like, well, wait, wait a minute. What did my grandfather use? He always used cherry chapstick lip balm. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll go for that. Even though I don't love that just because I, uh, wound up using it so much as a child. But then lo and behold, I start using that instead of this other brand and my lips are fucking cured. So guess what just arrived? Hold on. Let me get it. Oh my god, 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 oh my god. I'm gonna do an unwrapping here, right here in my podcast. So y'all know I made my first enamel pin, and it took like an insane amount of revisions, like, dear lord, uh, to the point where I probably will look at it and go, oh god, that thing. Not really. The package has just arrived, and I'm gonna open it right now. Oh my god, oh my god. So it's from China. Let me just see, can I pronounce this? Oof. It's from Dongsheng Town. Sorry. Zhang Sheng. I don't know. Gonna Dong. Sorry, I can't. China People's Republic. Why is there a lot of Dong and. Dong and Dong. Two Dongs. Ew, there's a hair in the label. Oh my god, bro. I can't. <laughs> Hell no. Oh my god, there's a fucking hair like stuck in the label. I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna ignore that. And. Ew. Oh, jeez. All right, let's see. What does this say? Something. It's like in a smushed box. Sort of smushed. Let me get a, a nap. I'm so excited. Oh my God. I'm also kind of scared. It's from China. I need to start filming my podcast. Oh, as I stab myself. It's normal, guys. 
Come on, it's taped to hell. It's, it was in a DHL bag and in a box. Box and a bag. <gasps> oh my god. <gasps> oh my god. <gasps> oh my god. Oh my god, they're perfect. Oh my. I am so. So I'd already seen the image of uh, the pen because the, the maker or, you know, the company that did the pens. I was like, here's what they look like, uh, which is weird because I'm like, well, why do I need to see that uh, at that point? Maybe they do do a thing where they're like, if you don't like it, uh, which is crazy because they already made 100. But uh, so I already saw the image of it, but I'm so like they, you know, it, it's scary spending like $250 on something from China that you're hoping that your translations or, you know, them reading what you're writing in an email about what you want out of it, it will come across clear and, you know, something will be made correctly but they were wonderful i can't recommend them enough um let me look it up the company name is called i think it's called e-rich designs e-rich um yeah e-rich gift that's the uh, pen company i went with let me make sure that i'm saying that right i don't want to get that wrong so i want to give them a shout out absolutely for sure um they were wonderful through and through um yeah it's erichgift.com yeah i was making sure uh they were very understanding they didn't get annoyed my by me doing like four revisions or actually it was more than that but man alive I, i'm so thrilled the quality of this pen is outstanding uh it looks so good uh the back has my url on it like a little stamp it has two um, um you know pen backings so yeah i can't wait to sell these i have a hundred of them Woo it came out so well i'm so happy i can't believe it well, with that, I'm going to end on this awesome, happy note. Let me make sure there's nothing else I had to say. Probably not. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful, uh, you know, rest of this holiday season, really. Um, try to survive. And uh, yeah, don't forget to rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts. This matters with visibility on Apple Podcasts. It makes a difference. So you can make a difference. Uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash distorted lens. Uh, I will be posting some of the images I've been talking about, like the stupid Animal Crossing and the dumb dress. Uh, or you can write in to email me questions or concerns or commission me for a painting, because I also am open for commissions for painting at distortedlens at gmail.com. Uh, and remember, you guys, question everything. Curiosity will save humanity. Non, 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 non